back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Yeah, hello, uh, I'm Jake. I support Newcastle. You get my uh, stuff on EPL Index or on Total Dutch Football, and you can get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. I'm Dave Hendrick from All In Sports Talk and AnfieldIndex.com. You can find me on Twitter at DaveHendrick underscore AI. And check out our websites, allinsportstalk.com and anfieldindex.com. Great. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up first, of course, we have Making the Rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. Jake, not a particularly quiet one for Newcastle. They were pretty much the talk of the town on deadline day as kind of the club trying to force West Brom's hand on Barahino. Obviously, you'd already made some previous transfers in that window. Just what's been your take on Newcastle over the last week? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm slowly saying as a Newcastle fan that we are vamping up to being the story of the Premier League. It's slowly happening. It's We're always one of the stories because Newcastle are just a joke club like that. But it's going to be the story around March and April, us being in the relegation fight. The only thing that's going to save us is if Leicester do continue doing well at the top. But yeah, it's it's pretty embarrassing at the moment. I'll start I'll start with yesterday's game. That's fresh in the memory. Um it was a bit a bit odd going to Everton, I felt, um, and playing Perez up front um, as the lone striker. Because I felt like, um, especially away from home against the side like Everton, you'd need sort of like a dominant figure up front, somebody to hold up the ball, sort of give your defence a bit of a rest. And Mitrovic did that really well when he came on against Tottenham away. He did it well against Arsenal when we were actually the better team. And for some reason, we went for Perez, and that was always going to be a dodgy move, and as it proved to be, we had... Um, yeah, we just got dominated all, all through the game. It could have been 7 or 8-0, and I'm not even going to... Yeah, I don't know what Steve McLaren was doing. It, it just seems he doesn't know how to play football away from home, which is a bit of a worry, considering we're not going to pick up enough points at home at this this rate, and we need to get at least you know a win or two on the road just to, just to get us out of where we are. And he plays really defensive football, and he seems to want to contain the opposition when we don't have the players to do so, which just leads to us being the shots coming in on Rob Elliott's goal. And as well as he's doing, he's not going to keep a clean sheet if he's just being relied upon uh, just to save shots all game. We need to have some sort of attacking sort of strategy away from home. We don't have that. Um, the the one game we did do that was at the Emirates, arguably against the side who are known for keeping possession the most, against the side who are, um, you know, who dominate teams there week in, week out. We went there, we went up against them, we, you know, we went to play football, we attacked them, and we were the better team all game. And we were unlucky to lose that. And I just don't understand why we don't play like that every game. Because with our defence, we're not going to be keeping clean sheets if we try to. So it just seems like McLaren, the pressure's vamp uh, is increasing. And I'd say if we don't win at the weekend, he's probably going to go because the TV money next year is just too much for him to start just to stick at the job as, as nice as he is he's just not doing well at the moment but yeah we'll, we'll move on from McLaren because that's just depressing um the transfer window we needed a striker we got a striker and say Dumbia did well at CSK in Moscow didn't do too well in Roma although I think that was um partly down to a lack of opportunity there I, th- I think the thing with Dumbia is um a lot of people he's sort of famous for being good on FIFA which is obviously the prerequisite for any player these days it's yeah it's ridiculous but the thing about Dubia is you have to manage him in the right way his body isn't going to let him train all week and play the matches um his former manager at CSK was saying that if he, he barely trained at them uh he was you know they all the players respected him for not training and they knew that he'd get goals at the, at the weekend and I just 
I worry that we're not going to treat him in the same way. I think we, McLaren will try and, you know, put him through training and stuff. And I just don't see him getting the best out of Doombier, unfortunately, because I think he could be a really good player if we managed him in the right way. But yeah, it's it's not really what we need. Uh, then Mitrovic at the weekend uh, yesterday showed why we need another striker because he missed another sitter. And it's just getting to the point where you just can't defend him anymore. He's just missing too many sitters and it's just ridiculous. But yeah, we in the, we did all right in the transfer window. I'd say we got some players in. Whether they're really what we need, I don't think so. But we'll we'll take what we could get. It's a bit of panic stations at Newcastle at the moment. Uh, I think they weren't players we'd sign if we weren't in the position we were in. I don't think we would have signed Shelby. I don't think we would have signed Townsend. We probably would n- wouldn't touch Doombia with a barge pole if we had any. You know, he's he doesn't fit into our transfer policy at all. But I just think you just see the, the just the panic at the club, and I, it's 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 deserved. If you look where we are, there's four clubs at the bottom now just being cut adrift, and we've got Manchester City and Chelsea coming up in the in the coming weeks. We could just be cut adrift at the bottom, and it could just be too much to, to, to climb out of. I really do think that it's it's just hugely concerning. I just uh, it just depresses me to think about Newcastle at the moment because I just can't see where our next win is coming from. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned there Steve McLaren's job may not be very safe. Uh, I saw a couple of people talking to you on Twitter, and these are my thoughts as well, that if you look on paper, your team is much better than how they're performing. Do you largely put that down to the manager, or do you think there's something wrong at the club? Well, he, he was coming into a difficult job. I'm not going to. Um, it was going to be hard for him to turn sort of the losing mentality around that existed, to change the culture at the club that dated back to the Pardew days and. It's it's difficult. I can see that the job that he had was a lot harder than he expected. And it, it, but the the performance we saw yesterday, and it was the same as we we've seen uh, at Crystal Palace away this season um, against Watford as well a couple of weeks ago when we probably should have won that game. It's just the it's these sort of days that just remind you of what it was like under Carver and Pardew, and you just don't think that much has changed under McLaren. I don't feel like he has that much of a strategy. I know he's meant to be a good coach and he's meant to keep morale up. And I'm I'm sure the players love him, but I just don't think he's... he's ta- tactically, he's not getting the best out of this squad. Our, our squad's all right on paper. I wouldn't say it's great. I think it's definitely not a bottom three squad. I'd, I'd go that far. I'd, I definitely think we should be at least solid, you know, anywhere between 10th and 14th, I'd say, is where we, we should be. And I, I think you have to blame the manager at some point. You can't, you can't keep blaming the players or the transfer policy. I mean, 100 million has been spent on this squad uh, in the last 12 months. Well, since McLaren took over, 100 million has been spent on these players. Something ridiculous like that. And you can't you can't get relegated if you're spending that sort of money, regardless of what you think of the players we're bringing in. I mean, you can't get relegated if you're spending that that amount of money. It's we oh, it's the defense isn't great, you know, but we've only scored something like 24 goals this season in the league that's less than a goal a game and there's been a lot of games where we haven't scored I'd say probably eight or nine matches we haven't scored a single goal and McLaren's meant to be an attacking minded coach but tactically he's just he's it's been appalling it was like at uh, Watford we were going in on the back of two good performances against Manchester United and West Ham we had all our left backs out and it just came to the point where he changed the whole system to a comment to he just went to three at the back he changed it all just because we didn't have a recognized left back and you just think well you just if you the system's working in the other matches so you just think you play 
a makeshift left back and just sort of put extra cover on that side to sort of make up for the make up for the inexperience. But he's he just changed everything and it ruined any sort of feel good factor around the squad. And yeah, I just I just think he's gonna have to go at the moment. I think with him we will go down, and I think the longer we leave it, the the less chance we have of getting somebody in to sort of correct it. I'm not. I wouldn't know who we would go for. I, it would probably be an Englishman. I'd hate. I'd hate it to be Sherwood. <laughs> I could definitely see that happening. I would think Moyes. Yeah, but it's. Would Moyes want to take a job? Uh, take the Newcastle job where we are right now. Brendan like, Rodgers. Yeah. I, Ooh. As, as much as Mary Neville for Newcastle. I Brendan Rodgers is made for Newcastle. They I would take Brendan Rodgers. I would take Brendan Rodgers right now. I think with Brendan Rodgers, I think. With with our squad at the moment, I think he'd be able to get a lot lot more out of it. And the I would, attack would work. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think I don't think we'd get relegated if we had a Moyes or a Rogers. But and could the defense be worse? Which is kind of it, the concern. Yeah, I think it works. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You couldn't make it any worse than it is at the moment. So yeah, I'd, if if we do sack McLaren, it's going to be somebody who's English because uh, Ashley won't hire a foreign coach, which is ridiculous. Because if we would have hired <laughs> like, if we would have hired somebody like a Sanchez Flores in the summer we would be doing a lot better than we are now but he just doesn't want to go continental and if you're going to if you're going to go for the british approach you know just get somebody who is proven in the premier league i mean mclaren hasn't managed in the premier league since like two like 2006 some ridiculous yeah so why why give him the job i just hmm. it's just i just think we're going down well don't worry i still think there are three teams worse than you which we'll discuss a little bit later uh, Dave, not a whole lot of splashes uh, from Liverpool in the transfer window. Uh, disappointing result against Leicester. What's your take on the club at the moment? I'd much rather talk about Newcastle because it's much funnier than what's going on at Liverpool. <laughs> um, listening to Jake, what's what he's saying, like it, it is, it's it's a bad situation there. And they go out and they sign all the brainless players, uh, Shelby, Townsend, and try and bring in Jose Enrique. And as he mentioned, McLaren is playing a defensive strategy when he has no defenders who can actually defend and rob Elliott in goal. And you might as well have T.S. Elliott in goal for all the good he is. But <laughs> on to Liverpool. On to Liverpool. Um, things aren't particularly good at Liverpool at the minute. Um, there's a lot of negativity around the club because the new ticket prices have come out and they include some st- substantial raises in certain areas. Um, there is a walkout being organised for this Saturday's game against Sunderland. Um, people to walk out on the 77th minute in response to the club announcing that there will be some tickets for Anfield next season, which will cost £77, which is an extortionate amount of money to watch a football game. Um, you could, you know, you could get a couple of months of Sky Sports subscription out of that. Never mind, you know, one one ticket to a football match. So that's not good. That hasn't um, that hasn't helped things, and obviously the results aren't helping. Uh, we played Leicester on Tuesday, and to be fair, we played pretty well for long spells. Um, we were the better team for long spells, and then they scored uh, an absolute worldly through Jamie Vardy. Um, you know, you could question Mignolet. Maybe should have been, you know, shouldn't have been as far off his line. Lovren definitely should have been closer, but Lovren's an appalling, an appalling football player. So. Anything he does is not a surprise. The second goal is just a collective mess, but we're used to that at this point. The thing that gets me at the minute with Liverpool fans is like Liverpool fans are surprised when Simon Mignolet doesn't save something that you know maybe David De Gea or Courtois might save. 
well, he's not them, so why are you surprised? He's he's many levels below them. Liverpool fans are surprised when Liverpool concede poor goals defensively. Liverpool haven't been able to defend for years, so why are you surprised? And Liverpool fans are, are get angry when Liverpool don't create anything. Well, we've got Adam Lallana and James Milner, two brainless players who create nothing and offer nothing other than lots and lots of really slow running. Um, so why are you surprised? Like, this is the thing. I don't understand how Liverpool fans are surprised by what's going on at the minute. Um, Jurgen Klopp inherited a mess from a fool. Um, he is going to have to gut this squad. He is going to have to get rid of a lot of players. He can start at the back with Mignolet. Contract or no contract, he's not good enough. Uh, maybe as a backup keeper, but certainly not as a starter. Lovren needs to go. Skirtle needs to go. Lucas needs to go. Jose Enrique can be fired out of a cannon into the North Sea. He'd probably think it was you know, some great publicity op- opportunity, so I'm sure he'd be <laughs> well up for it. Get pictures of it up his, on his Instagram. Um, you know, Leva, as I said, needs to go. Milner should, shouldn't be at the club. He's, he's a you know, he's a Blue very limited captain. player. Yeah, the fact that he was given the number seven shirt, promised the vice captaincy, promised by Brendan Rodgers a position in centre midfield, and then given a contract with £150,000 a week, which He's is seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Yes, seven point five Holy million crap. pounds a year. It's a four-year contract, which I believe works out at thirty million, and he got a full year as a signing-on bonus. So for people who say. Oh, well, he was free. Well, no, he wasn't because he's going to cost £37.5 million over the course of a four-year contract. And to put that in context, context, Emre Jean, who is our best midfield player at the minute, over the course of his four-year contract is going to cost just over half that. And we paid £10 million up front for him. So, you know, we're stuck now with this guy. James Miller will probably retire a Liverpool player. Because unless we can convince them to go to China, nobody's going to take on that contract. Um, moving on from him, Lalana shouldn't be at the club. He just isn't good enough. Um, Benteke is a waste of space. And then you've got the Daniel Sturridge question that hangs over the club and has for months because nobody really knows what's going on with Sturridge. There's obviously physical issues. There's rumoured to be some mental issues, some emotional issues. Uh, I've heard rumours of what, what it may be, what... what issues he may be facing I, I won't divulge them because you know they're not out in the public domain but if they are true I can understand why he's not playing at the moment and why he seems so reluctant to maybe play um but at the same time he's he's a professional football player being paid a lot of money and Liverpool aren't getting anything for that money so a question will have to be put against his name for the summer as well um in January we didn't do anything we brought in Stephen Calker that's fine to play forward yeah, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a better number nine than Venteke and he's a better centre-back than Skirtler Lovren. So, he, you know, he fills some voids. Um, and if he can get back to his Swansea form, then we have a decent player on loan. Um, we signed Marco Grujic, young Serbian midfielder. Uh, he'll come in the summer. Very promising player. The big one was Alex Teixeira. We couldn't get the deal done. Now there's rumours that he's uh could be going to China. I don't think he will. I think they'll agree the fee. And I think he'll just say no because he wants to come to England. He wants to play for Brazil. You go to China, you're not going to be playing for Brazil. Like you, you might as well go to the moon as go to China. You're just not going to get the Brazilian mm-hmm. squad. You can't get it when you're playing in Ukraine for one of the, you know, a team who are in the Champions League every year and you're playing well in the Champions League every year and you can't get the Brazil squad. You're certainly not going to get it if you're in China. So he, he'll turn that move down. I'm fairly sure of that. 
Um, and we'll have to start planning for the summer because we need a lot. We need, uh, I would say, a goalkeeper, at least one centre-back. I would say at least two. We need one starter, one backup. And to be totally honest, I wouldn't be against the sale of Mamadou Sacco and the replacement of Mamadou Sacco. Um, I love Sacco as a player. I think when he's on form, he's as good as anybody in the league. But those days are becoming fewer and fewer because of the injuries, because when he comes back from injury, it always takes him a couple of games to find his rhythm because he has no help from midfield because Lucas Leiva, it's someone someone has been pulling a horrendous prank on Leiva all season, running around and pouring concrete in front of him so the poor chap can't run anywhere. Um, he's got a clown to his right, a joker to his left, and he's just stuck in the middle. So, you know, with with him... Because of the inconsistency, that would be the reason to maybe let him move on and maybe buy two centre-backs in the 22 to 24 age range and try and build them into a partnership. Um, In an ideal world, they would speak the same language. That's one of the problems we have, is that Sacco's English isn't great. Skirtle doesn't speak French. Lovren, despite playing in France for three years, can barely speak a lick of French. Um, Colo Toure I don't think actually speaks he just shouts and makes noises and waves his arms and claps himself when he does anything uh, you know Colo plays a five yard ball and is applauding himself which is just one of the most mental things I've ever seen um, but we're just yeah we're a bit of a mess at the minute but we have the right manager we have one of the best managers in Europe I think I think any club in England maybe not Spurs because what Pochettino could become Pochettino is a, a very much a, a Klopp-esque manager, mm. very similar mindset, very similar tactical plan. Um, but I think any other club would take Klopp. Um, City obviously are going to get Guardiola, so that that's them. Out. But Chelsea, United, you know, Arsenal would take him in a second if if Wenger was stepping down. I think Jake would be quite happy to have Klopp in in tune. You know, so we have the right man. We just have to have patience. He's here for a long time, so. Long term, I'm I'm happy with where things are because I know we have the right guy. The minute is just a bit of a mess, but it, you know, there's nothing to be surprised about. Mm-hmm. Rogers left a, a shambles. Yeah, uh, and you addressed the squad there. Uh, I mentioned specifically Lalana and Milner, and mm. uh, I spoke about this with um, your your compadre over there, Steve Gennaro, when we talk on thir- uh, on Tuesday morning. Sorry, uh, and on allinsportstalk.com. Exactly. Yeah, go there. Um, uh, but <laughs> loved it. Um, but and I came up with it on the fly, and then I kind of realized it, it's how I feel about it, which is that Liverpool signings are the perfect counter evidence to you need Premier League experienced players. Mm. Carroll, Adam, Lalana, Lovren, Milner, and Benteke, all of whom you overpaid for. Massive. We're all overpaid for because they have quote unquote Premier, Premier League, League experience. experience. Is this something that you kind of echo? And and have is... I have been beating the drum on this mm. Premier League proven nonsense for about four years now, and the fact that people can't see it in front of their eyes amazes me. We under Dog Leash just had no knowledge of the European game. Like Suarez was not his signing. Carroll was a player he wanted. But as soon as he took over. Um, he wanted Carroll. Damien Camoli wanted Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang, who's now one of the hey, best strikers in Europe. Um, but but Kenny wanted Andy Carroll, so we signed Andy Carroll for thirty five million. When at best he was a ten million pound player, you're still welcome for all that money, Jake. Um, 
we then proceeded to spend 20 million on Stuart Downing when Marco Royce was on the table and Eric Lamella was on the table. We could have probably had both of them for at the time for around what we paid for Stuart Downing, who flopped spectacularly and was sold for six million. We sold Carroll, I think, for 17 to West Ham, and I, I don't think they're very happy with how they've spent their money considering the amount of time he's missed. Hmm. Um, we signed Adam because his corners were allegedly worth 10 million, according to <laughs> one Scotsman. So another Scotsman bought that line and spent money on him. When Camoli had Blasma Tweedy, one of the best defensive midfielders in the world now, lined up to come in, fee agreed, deal agreed, Kenny didn't want him, didn't know who he was. Um, so that summer alone showed that Premier League proven was was nonsense. We signed Enrique as well that summer and it was just he was just he's been a comedy figure ever <laughs> since. Um then, you know, you think lessons would be learned. You would genuinely think lessons would be learned. But no, as soon as Rodgers got control of transfers after the 13-14 season, he went out and he splashed £20 million on Dejan Lovren, who's about an £8 million defender at best. He spent £25 million on Adam Lallana, who's a 10 to £12 million player at best. Then, you know, it, it became even more comical the summer gone when he spent £32 million on Benteke. And what, what has always amused me is that uh, Tony Barrett, a well-respected journalist for the Times, said about a month before we signed him, if anyone pays £32 million for Christian Benteke, the FBI should be called in to follow the money trail. <laughs> Liverpool spent £32 million and not once did he question that publicly then afterwards. I'm like, you're going to write it before he signs, write it after he signs as well, and put the question to the manager of why have you overpaid for this player? And and then obviously we gave Milner the godfather contract. Like, I'm amazed he doesn't have shares in the club with what he was given. You would think, like, what Liverpool have become is this club who don't seem to be able to get out from under their own feet. They're a bit of a laughing stock to a lot of people. And to other clubs, what they are is, you know, that's the club who'll overpay. If we sit back, they will pay our asking fee. I think that's what Shakhtar were hoping for. They probably looked at our track yeah. record and went, these idiots paid 32 million for Benteke. We're not selling. Alex Teixeira for 25 million he's going to cost 38 million that's what we want let's sit back and and wait for it if we get it great if we don't we'll keep him and like Benteke like all you have to do is watch his performance in the FA Cup final to see what a bang average player he is what a terribly lazy player he is how unfit or unsuited he was to play in any type of free-flowing possession football and yet Rodgers goes out and signs him and the, the, the best thing about it is he only Benteke's only ever good playing up front on his own in either as a one or in the middle of a three. Well, we already had Daniel Sturridge. Now, whether or not he's fit is irrelevant. Daniel Sturridge is only good in a one as well. Like, when, when him and Suarez played up front as a two, they weren't actually that good together as a two. When they really shone was in the three, when it was Suarez one side, Sturridge in the middle, and Sterling the other side. That's what tore the Premier League apart. So the idea that Sturridge and Benteke were going to play together was nonsense from the start. Rodgers mm. bought this guy to replace Sturridge because he didn't trust Sturridge to get fit again. So you have, I would say, one of the six or seven best strikers in Europe when he's fit, Daniel Sturridge, and you buy a guy who at best is probably the seventh or eighth best striker in the Premier League, and you pay £32 million for him. Like, that is long-term damage been done to your club in terms of your squad because it's going to be hard yeah. to get rid of him. And in terms of how other clubs will view you, because they'll just look at you and go, well, you'll you pay anything. You're yeah. idiots. You you will pay anything. 
I think a large portion of the misrepresentation of Benteke's ability is this kind of televised age that we live in. Because all you oh, saw was when Benteke was good. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't see the full 90 minutes where he was failing to contribute Lallana. even in a Villa side. Yeah. Lallana Lallana was yeah. the same. Benteke was bad for like 12 months. Like, yeah. the, season, the 12 he preceding months. <laughs> he, he had a great first season in the Premier League. Yeah. Lots of strikers have a great first season in the Premier League. There's Lots of strikers have that fluke first season. Mm. Look, Yeah. Look at Papi Cissé. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. Look at Nik- uh, Nikita Yelovich when mm. he came into Everton. He was unbelievable. I, to this day, I will forever remember that we very briefly had some Everton uh, fans come on. And one of them was right after that deadline closed. And so they got Yelovich and you got Suarez. And if you recall, Suarez did not get off to a hot start. And I vividly remember Everton fans gloating about how <laughs> great Yelovich was. And like, They're... they spent all this money on Suarez. We yeah. got Yelovich. There well, are I'm not even sure where he is now. Didn't West Ham try to sell him? I, I think he's at West Ham. He, he's he off was. to China, I think. I think. Best mm. place for him. <laughs> um, stacking plates on a you know, shelf would be better for him, in fact. Um, yeah, like, it's just crazy. Like, But you mm. look at that. Like, look at our best, Liverpool's best signings over the last years. Daniel Sturridge is the only really good signing we've made that was from England. Million? And he, but he wasn't Premier League proven because he barely played. And he was a winger at the time. Yeah, and he'd had yeah. a really good loan spell at Bolton. But he was always this guy who, oh, well, he hasn't fulfilled his potential or he's injury prone or he has a bad attitude. He was a gamble. There was nothing Premier League proven about him. Yeah. We signed Coutinho from Inter Milan. We signed Suarez from Ajax. Um, Jordan Henderson was a good Premier League boy. But at, at the same yeah. time... When we bought him, he wasn't a 16 million player. He was overpaid, and he only recently took, became this player. He took two and a half years to settle yeah. in. Like, yeah. his first year was terrible, and Rodgers tried to get rid of him. He wanted to swap him. He actually, Rodgers wanted to give him and money for Clint Dempsey, who I believe you bought for mm. six million pounds about yeah, three days later. Yeah. Which tells you all about how he was rated at Liverpool. So, you know, like Liverpool have bought other good players from abroad, but not from the Premier League. Emery Jean from Germany. That was a great um, Sacco from, from France I think Markovic is going to be a really good player once he plays under a real manager so yeah. like he's been brilliant for Fenerbahce this year and he's coming back next season so like you look at what Spurs have done like look at all your your better players like Hugo Lloris uh, Toby Alderweireld I know Alderweireld played in the Premier League but you bought him from abroad yeah. Jan Vertonghen uh, Eric and then Dyer. the young players are players that we're bringing De- through not, Alley, buying, not yeah. Premier League proven yeah. um, Christian Eriksen Eric Lamella. Mm-hmm. I know he hasn't really set the world alight yet, but he, Son he's is getting there he, finally. He, <laughs> yeah. Lamella has, I think, has been really good this year. Yeah. And when Spurs figure out a way to get Him and Lamella, Eriksson, Ali, Son, and Kane in the one team, mm. now you're probably going to have to go out and buy an absolute worldy defensive midfield. Do you remember the last I, time we I spoke? I have a, a tip on this. I'll talk in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So like, what, what I said to you the last time we spoke was I thought Spurs need one great player yeah. and I couldn't figure out what it is it's a defensive midfielder because if you buy a great defensive midfielder you can push you, you can play a three you can play Ali the great defensive midfielder and, and Eriksen as, yeah. as a three and then you put the other three up front and you'd be terrified and then you have Dembele coming off the bench with his yeah. physical presence and he's good again which is great and you still, ha- you still have Dyer who can play a bunch of positions mm-hmm. you've got good depth at both full back spots 
I wouldn't say you have a, any any outstanding fullbacks, but no. you have four competent But any guys. of them can be outstanding. That's the weird that's thing. The, thing. the consistency the thing isn't is well, there. Though, but... The great thing about them is that when Walker's missing, Trippier plays, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. When Rose plays, or when Rose is out, Davies plays, they're very similar players. You don't lose anything. Yeah. You, you was, still play <laughs> the same way. I was watching the matches with uh, a couple of friends, and I was commenting that the, the crazy thing about the Trippier to Walker swap is every time I see one of them, I'm like, oh, he's so blank, we should always play him. When yeah. we play Trippier, he sends in so many great crosses, but you're like, oh, we really miss that pace. And then Walker mm. plays, you're like, oh, so much pace, but you miss the crosses. Yeah. But, but, but I the love thing that. Is, like, yeah. You've built your team from abroad. Uh, City have built their team largely from abroad. Yeah. Um, look at Leicester's two best players, Maris <laughs> and Kante. Where did they come from? They came yeah. from abroad. I think they probably cost about three million quid combined. Mm. You know, you, you find your value abroad. You, yeah. you don't find it in England. You just Very well said. And in case you were feeling uh, bad about how Liverpool did operate those, Harry Redknapp said no to Suarez because he didn't think he'd play well with Van der Vaart. Um, Listen, Harry Redknapp should just stick to hanging out of <laughs> <car> windows. <laughs> and he can't even do that anymore because oh. he is no longer relevant. Okay, um, so on to Tottenham. We did just talk about us a little bit, but uh, I'll start with the match. Tottenham beat Norwich 3-0. And what ended up being one of our easiest wins of the season. Uh, They pushed us for maybe 15 minutes of the 90, but there was really only ever going to be one result. Uh, Harry Kane really impressed me in this match. Not just because of the two goals he scored, one was a penalty. But weirdly, two of his misses and then his reaction to it really gave me a lot of confidence in him. Because his first uh, attempt came from a very narrow angle on the left. He beats the keeper but hits the near post. Bounces back at him, falls to nothing. Later in the match... He's running down the right channel, has the ball. He goes for the shot that he does so often, drifting right, shooting left with his right foot, hits the post square, bounces right back out after it looked like it was going to be a goal. Then he finds himself in the exact same situation. Same right channel, very similar ball, although it's Erickson getting a nutmeg tackle. I don't know if there's a term for that, but if there is, let me know. Um, And he pokes it forward to Kane. Almost same situation, defender in a very similar position. And instead of trying to shoot it across his body and across the keeper, he opened himself up took it left and curled it in. And I know that doesn't sound remarkable, but it's the things like that that are why Kane was never going to be a one-season wonder. He works way too hard. He has too natural a foot and too natural a finish. Um, And I've mentioned many times before, there was an interview with Brad Friedel where he was talking about how it was impressive how many different ways Kane could take a shot on goal. So uh, very impressed by that. I know it doesn't sound like news-breaking stuff. But for the people that were like, oh, he was a one-season wonder. We mentioned some earlier with Michu and the like. But there was only going to be one way that his arrow would point, And it was upwards. And he really is showing that now. Um, Della Ali had a goal and an iffy penalty call. Was removed at halftime. We thought it was a stomach bug because we were hearing that he was throwing up. But he's being tested for dizziness still. Which sounds kind of head injury-esque. Maybe just a migraine. I don't know. Maybe he's pregnant. Who knows? Um, but I would expect him to be fit for the weekend. Erickson had two assists. I mentioned one of them earlier. Uh, he's finally getting back to form, which is great. And unfortunately, to your point, Dave, it's happened while Sun's been in the side and not Lamela. And, and Lamela has been very good this season. And mm-hmm. Erickson has been shunted out left, largely, I think, because Lamela always cuts in. He always cuts off Erickson. I've only been saying that for two years now. Um, but... It doesn't work with Ericsson fully on the left. What we're doing now is Ericsson and Ali are kind of flip-flopping on the left because we can't play any of our actual left wingers because they have to be supplemental strikers. 
Um, but it does seem like Erickson is finally finding form. Lamela has dropped from the side. We'll have Europa League soon. We'll see how we do against Fiorentina. Um, hopefully we'll be able to figure it out a bit more then, but I do agree that it's very important that we try to figure that out sometime soon. Um, but where this match left us uh, was very solid, uh, uh, with us currently in third place, which is not to brag because I'll get a lot of crap for it, but ahead of Arsenal. And we have the best goal difference in the league on plus 25, which is remarkable. I know we like stats on this show. Here's one of my favorites of all time. Tottenham's allowed goals per game this season is Tottenham's best since 1886. That was a while ago. Um, you have a tremendous defense. Yeah, it, it's astounding. You, you, have, and, you have a world-class goalkeeper, a yep. central defensive pairing that know what they're doing. And it was really, Vimmer. Because Vertonghen's yeah. out, and Vimmer stepped in and did not miss a beat. It, it uh, really was you have, you have Yeah, that's the thing. You, you have exchangeable parts like yeah. so even though the reserves are clearly not as good as the starters they can come in they fit the as position as long as there's one <laughs> yeah and, and it's it's as you said before we came on air what Paul Chettino said he doesn't play right to the centre backs at left side because he doesn't want to ask people to play out of position right. he wants two guys for every role he wants that unit Dyer Vertonghen Alderweireld and Loris, and then he has backups for each role, who are similar enough players mm. in those roles that the team doesn't change, the strategy doesn't change, and he's a fantastic manager, and he has them drilled brilliantly. Mm. And for the, like Kev, I just have to say this: like there were lots and lots of morons who support your club who were calling for him to be sacked oh, last year. I know, I know. This time last year, they were Ooh. calling for him to be sacked. They should all be ashamed of themselves for being in sixth. Which was how yeah. good our squad was last year, by the yeah, way. That was exactly. an accurate but assessment. As, I, as we said on this podcast around the same time, yeah. if Liverpool had had Pochettino mm. and Spurs had had Brendan Rodgers, Liverpool would have been top four and Spurs would have been about 10th. Yeah. That's the difference in the squads. Pochettino has done an incredible job and Spurs better get him locked up to a big, big contract. Yeah, he is next team, up on the contract yeah, line. Because United and Chelsea will come sniffing. Yeah. Um, although one of the more exciting things I've heard, while the press was all getting super excited over um, Pochettino to Chelsea or Manchester United, uh, very underreported was Pellegrini mentioning that he wants to stay in the Premier League. I don't know why this was not addressed more, because that leaves one job for me. Newcastle. Which I think is... <laughs> right? Everton. I think it's Chelsea. I think if they don't get Conte, that's probably yeah, what they'll Yeah, I think he goes to Chelsea, and I think solution. Mourinho goes to United, and I think it's not really an issue for us. Although, like I said, Pochettino is next on the Tottenham uh, uh, conveyor belt of contract signings. Um, See, I, I think I think Jose will leave England. Yeah. I think he'll go to PSG, and I think the guy Ooh, who's in charge of PSG now is yeah. he'll go to United and Laurent Blanc. Yeah. Because he'll have, to Ferguson. He'll wanted, have to Ferguson. We wanted we Blanc Ferguson. before we got AVB. Yeah, that you was shouldn't. We were... he's, he's not very good. <laughs> well, AVB didn't end up being that great. Either. No. Um, all right. Uh, so deadline day, just like you guys were saying, kind of a bust for us, as it was for most clubs near the top of the table. Berahino was a non-starter on deadline day. They kept reporting it. I, I don't want to throw Sky too far under the bus because, you know, job prospects 10 years from now. <laughs> but um, my favorite thing is they cut to the guy that was at West Brom, and he was like, Absolutely no way a deal gets done for Berahino today. Cut back to the studio. But if Berahino moves, mm. what your guy, the guy you're paying, who has just talked to a board member, according to him, said no deal was happening. And then I had to listen 
for five hours while you talked about what was going to happen with Berahino. There were uh-huh. pro- prolonged talks about him between Spurs and West Brom. Mm. And earlier, West earlier Brom. in the window. Earlier in the month. I, yeah. I messaged you at the time. I'd heard yeah. it from someone very reliable. And the money that West Brom were asking was, was just insane. Yeah. And obviously Newcastle went from as well and just the money was, was insane. So they yeah. ended up with, with Doombie on loan and they'll reassess in the summer. And I'm sure you guys will as well. Yeah, and Berahino, he's not going to go for that sort of money in the summer because he's got twelve months left. Like he, it's going to be like Austin. He's going to have to go for a reduced fee next like, winter. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they can't ask for twenty million again. They just can't. You, you've you've got to know that QPR are sick, though, don't you? Yeah. Like demanding fifteen million when eleven and twelve were sitting on the table. Yeah, he's not they made any difference. And then, this. and then Austin's yeah, the they're... one that made the difference because it's in exactly. his wages, yeah. and they're not going to come up this. this the Premier League this season. No, if they did, so, though, that, you could understand it because the Premier League money, you know, it's so, Oh, yeah. That's the only had thing he, that I could stayed and banged in goals. Yeah. You'd, you'd right. nearly have kept them till summer. If oh, they, if what was they he on nine, I think, in the championship? It, yeah. He wasn't you know, If, it if up, they but... were in a position where they might have come up, they definitely would have kept him till summer, come up, and let him go on a free because the money you're going to get from in the Premier League is, is you know, unprecedented. Mm. They would have just let him walk. And it wouldn't have made a difference because they would have been getting that hundred million pound check yeah. for the TV rights. But now they're just yes. Yeah. Tottenham. Tottenham's concern, and this is has been confirmed since, and I'll, I'll explain on this a touch later. But um, was not just the attitude, although Pochettino did become concerned because he didn't kick on from the summer. But that everybody was saying this was the move that Berahino wanted, but we're forgetting that he was going to come to a club where he'd be second fiddle to Kane. So he'd be going on the bench there to on the bench here. And if he caused the same kind of issues, it would have disrupted the squad. That combined with the fee, we lost interest fairly quickly. Dembele Mark II was predicated upon us paying his fee and his wages while he played at Fulham while we needed Mm. striker depth. That makes very little sense. You'll get him in the summer. I also think so. Although we do have uh, Monaco and Juve that are sniffing around there. Uh, but I do yeah, think it he, seems he a natural move, move for us. That's the move he wants. Yeah. He wants to go to Spurs. I think that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, that didn't work out. Like we were saying, he's on a quote-unquote free. There will be a tribunal and all of that. Uh, but Son and Chadley playing up front for us behind Kane from here on out. Also on the Berahino deal, um, Robbie Earl, who is one of the better commentators we have here in the States, um, made an excellent point, which was, if Berahino comes to Tottenham, A, he's not super match fit right now. We've all noticed that he's been putting on weight. But also, he's already cup-tied in the FA Cup. So mm. the only competition he'd play in for us is the Europa League, where we're playing Fiorentina, who bounced us last year. So putting forward that kind of money for potentially just two matches is something we were not willing to do, which I fully understand. Um, Plus, you have yeah. Son. Son can play up front. He can. He can play up front. You he know. can. Um, Vertonghen injury, many people thought we'd be in for a center half. We were not. Bentaleb back means that Dyer can slot back into right center back, at least as cover. Uh, and <laughs> Poch prefers Cameron Carter-Vickers, up-and-coming USA under 20, and all-around way too buff for his age center back. Uh, he prefers him to Fazio, who we loaned back to Sevilla because they're the only club that still think he's good. <laughs> um, because you asked really, really, really nicely. Yeah. And they said... Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, you already gave us nine million from. We'll be nice. We'll take him back for nothing. Right. Uh, Townsend and Milos Velkovic are the only two that left on permanent deals. Pritchard and Fazio leaving on loans. No incomings. There was a lot of speculation, uh, obviously, as to why we didn't bring in striker depth. Um, and Lyle Thomas, who covers Tottenham, 
uh, for Sky Sports. Not not a whole lot of love for a lot of those guys, but Lyle Thomas does seem to know what he's talking about with Tottenham. Uh, mentioned that Pochettino was very hesitant towards bringing in a second striker, which we already knew, but particularly because of the Osvaldo fiasco that happened at Southampton, where he brought him in, disrupted the squad, then they had to let him go for almost nothing. Um, and as the squad harmony is really one of the most positive things at the club at the moment, he was against bringing in just anyone and was going to wait for the right personality to bring in. Add that to Daniel Levy, who would every day prefer to keep money in his pocket rather than spend it. I'm surprised it, it was very unlikely. Austin. Yeah, as was I, but for, for uh, the money, he doesn't fit the sell-on value, and we aren't no, willing well, to budge on that. Four million, you're gonna, you, you'll get eight for him. Yeah, well, it, and it, he's he's known as a good guy in the locker room, you know. So I I agree with you, but it wasn't something that Levy was seriously looking at. As you mentioned, I think Dembele Mark II in the summer makes a lot of sense. Mm. I had uh, the pleasure of speaking to Andrew Gibney midweek, who knows just about everything French football. Um, we are interested in Lacazette, uh, and a lot of people are as well. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, but we are interested in Lacazette, and it made a formal move for Batshuayi, but they just said, we're not listening right now. Talk to us in the summer. Those um, are strange, though. Like, they are. They don't really fit us particularly. They, they don't play. Like, you guys play one striker. Yeah. yeah. Well, they'd they be backups, which is crazy. Yeah, and they're both better than Harry Kane. Ooh. Mm, I'd oh, agree with are. you on Lacazette. No, I don't know. Me, I'm, be- me, I'm not Michi saying future. Is, I'm saying right now. Right now, Michi's better. Mm. Than better than Kane. He is. He, he's he's a, he's a better <laughs> all round player. He's got more pace. He's a better finisher. Kane's a good. Kane's developing as a good player. I actually don't think Kane wants to be a number nine. He doesn't. I think, I think <laughs> he had Kane, the choice Kane, very simply. If you're talking about the numerical order of yeah, where he wants to play, Kane he had the choice of the nine or the ten kit. And he wants ten. to be Teddy Sharing. Yeah. He wants to play all. He does. Right. I I, I uh, was tweeting back and forth with Jed Davis, who used to come on every Great now guy. and again. Great guy. Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking about the tactics of England's summer setup, and the idea of Vardy up top with Kane right behind him is kind of perfect. I, I I really like if that. Sturridge is that fit, though, it, ha- it has to. Be okay, Sturridge. yeah, but <laughs> but the same same. <laughs> that's the most hilarious if, yeah. yeah, yeah, where you have somebody that's stretching the defense and then Kane working in behind has an excellent long shot on him, can also distribute the ball well and hold up play. I, I do think that that will work out very well. As I've said before, in the summer you talked about a defensive midfielder. He's not an outright defensive midfielder, but I will reiterate again: if we make Champions League. I think it is much more likely than not that we sign Axel Witzel. There has been a lot of love being spewed back and forth publicly in the media from Witzel towards us. Pochettino yeah. has done that thing where he's like, we'd be interested in a player that has these traits, and then it's exactly that. Just like two he countered. <laughs> yeah. Two of his very close friends play centre-back for you. Mm-hmm. He's very close friends at Moussa Dembele. He plays as the defensive midfielder. Of a three. For the Belgian national team. Yeah. He it, is it makes a tremendous player. So much sense. It and makes like sense I said, he's name dropped Tottenham for the summer, said he wouldn't move yeah. in January, would be interested in the summer. We went in last summer a bit too late, which is why we had to play Dyer there. But a lot of stuff like that, just like Pochettino said he doesn't want players that are disruptive, which was like him glaring at Seydou Berahino. He's been <laughs> upping he's been upping uh Vitzel's defensive prowess and his work rate, although not naming him, it seems very mm-hmm. likely. So I will again say Vitzel to Tottenham. If, yeah, if sports betting was legal in the States everywhere, that would be something that I'd be looking at. Um, and it allows Dyer to move back to center back, which answers that, answer, answers that question. So I think that's the way to go. We, our intros, just took about 40 minutes. So we're going to need to move 
very quickly here on the topic. I'll leave it up to you guys. Would you rather talk about your top fours and bottom threes or who won the transfer window? Top four and bottom three for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then we'll launch from there. Obviously, a lot of people still surprised. Leicester, undo Liverpool, still sitting top of the table. Is there any way that they win the title? Who do you have? Um, well, when we discussed this last time, I think it was actually us three again when we talked about this. I was thinking about this out, when I yeah, was out in was. Colorado, like right around Christmas. Yeah. 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 I, 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 at that moment, I think I tipped Arsenal to win the league and it to be City, Leicester and Man United to complete the top four. I, I which was kind of crazy. Now I think I had Leicester drop it out for Tottenham, but mm. but now I think you look at it, you you have you have to think the top four at, as it is at the moment has to be the top four. Yeah. I, I can't see Manchester United getting into it. They're too inconsistent, despite Rooney scoring just enough goals to get the media off his back before the Euros, um, and Liverpool and yeah, I, I don't think they're going to finish at the top four. So you know, I no. think and and nor Chelsea either because anybody around there, you know, it's, it's literally I think it's going to be the top four as it is at the moment. And I think it's going to be City, Tottenham, Arsenal, Leicester. I think in that order. Mm. Yeah, I think I think City will win the league because you know their squad's just the best and they're starting to click away from home as well as as well as at home. So I think that's going to be that they're going to win it. And then Arsenal are going to just run out of steam in the last last few uh, last ten matches, I think, and probably go on a bit of a dodgy run and you know slip behind Tottenham as well. And Leicester, they've got enough winnable games to come to like maintain a position in the top four. So I think that's I think that's pretty much done. I think those four teams definitely any of them could win it, but I think City are most likely. Bottom three, I think Villa are gone, so you can exclude them. Oof, the whole Remy guard situation is a mess. <laughs> I, 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 if, here's another bet for you. He won't be at, at Villa next year. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I'd be surprised if he's still there at the end of the season. Wow. Yeah. I, well, he, he talked about potentially resigning. They he, they promised him that they would back him in the window and then bought literally no one. Nobody. Yeah. Also, actually, a question on Liverpool. Do you mm. think Klopp was told that they'd make no moves in January? Because I doubt it. No, 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 I didn't. Klopp, Klopp was the one who made the decision not to buy anything. Really? Hmm. Yeah, Alex Teixeira, they, the one hundred percent, the owner said they would pay the money. So Klopp maybe that's no. a sign of Liverpool turning it around because that's exactly what I we're think, doing is waiting I for the right guy. Klopp, yeah, I, that's exactly what it is. I think Teixeira was probably Plan B. I think Klopp in his head had Plan A for that position, and maybe thought if I can get Teixeira for ten million less than my Plan A and get him now then it's worth doing. But if he's going to cost the same or more, I might as well wait till the summer and get the guy I want. So mm. I think that's what's happened there. But the club, the club were definitely prepared to back him. There's no question. But you know, The thing about just... that is as well, though, is, um, you know, Liverpool aren't going to really achieve that much now given their position unless something, you know, dramatically goes right. And I don't think they've got the squad to do that. So, you know, there's no point spending well, They might win the Capital the One Cup. Well, they've got a good... They could do that with their squad at the moment. It's pointless to spend money on just mm. just one or two competitions. You might as well just wait. And I guess I think that's the the problem with live, which have um, problem with people at the moment, like people in the media comparing Klopp to Rodgers. It's like, yeah, they've got pretty similar records, but that squad has a limit and it's very much hitting that limit. Like well, you, you yeah. can't expect it to turn them into like title winners in with that squad. So it's just yeah, and they ignore the fact that Rodgers was at the club three and a half years. Klopp has been at the club three and a half months. There is a bit of a difference. This isn't his squad, as you said. So, like, it's strange. The only thing that 
buying like if you bought Teixeira because Shakhtar are in the uh, the Europa League, he couldn't play, and the Europa League is now our only real chance of top four of of Champions League rather for next year, and we're not going to win it because there's just so many good teams. I I think Dortmund look incredible. Yeah. Um, you guys are obviously in at Fiorentina. There's a really really strong Europa League now. And um, I think they just looked at it and went, it's not worthwhile. If he's not going to be able to play in that competition... Oh, was he already... Because uh... he played in the Champions League for Shakhtar. If they were still in the Champions League, he could play in the Europa League. But the fact but that they they're in down. the Europa League, he can't play. Oof, yeah, yeah. We the same thing happened to us when we bought Suarez a few years back. Oh, he yeah, with play. Ajax, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, like, so what are you buying to share it for? To win the Capital One Cup and the FA Cup? Like, as Jake said, we have a good chance of beating City in the Capital One Cup. We've already beaten them this season. And, like, the FA Cup, we're not really taking all that seriously. Like, Klopp has paid kids in each game so far. Um, but, yeah, I've got the same top four as, as Jake. I've got, I've got City first, Spurs second, Arsenal third, and Leicester fourth. Um, just to give you the magic number is plus thirty. If you get mm. a goal difference of plus thirty, you will get top four. The last thirty years across the top five leagues in in Europe, only one team has had a goal difference of plus thirty and not finished in the top four, and that was Fiorentina off the back Ooh. of Calciopoli, where they actually yeah. had point, uh, points deducted by their points. They were actually in the top four. So you, you finish plus thirty, you're going to be top four, wow. and that's crazy likely for us. Yeah, and you're plus 25 right Ooh, now. You have wow. the best defence in the that? league. Best defence in the league, and you have the second best attack, joint second best attack with Leicester uh, after City. Only scored two goals less. City are plus 23. Yeah. Leicester are plus 18. Arsenal are plus 10. And then United and West Ham are... Sorry, Arsenal are plus 15, and United and, and West Ham are plus 10. So I think Spurs and City can be confident that they'll be top four um i think leicester at this point leicester now sit 10 points ahead of united i can't see united catching them like if there's one team that i could see maybe dropping out it's arsenal but they have wenger and wenger doesn't know how to not finish in the top four yeah so yeah i'll say city <laughs> spurs although i would prefer spurs to win the league of, of all these clubs oh me too <laughs> um arsenal and leicester yeah um, I am much more pessimistic about it because I because you're a Spurs fan, right? And that's that's exactly how that works. And I have no reason to doubt Potch or this side. I'm just waiting for it to just all disappear like sand through our fingers. Um, <laughs> God, I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hard to argue. Although, um, I do think that. Oh, man, it's so hard. Okay, because my whole argument for why we haven't been making top four isn't that we can't show up in big games. We actually do that surprisingly well, except for under AVB. But uh, my issue was always our consistency. But now we're consistent, and it just makes me feel weird inside. Um, I we think, lost three games all season. I know. It's, it really? honestly is ridiculous. That's great run. Oh, um, you gave us three points. It was, it was charity at the time. You're welcome. You better stay up because of that. <laughs> um... We'll beat Sunderland again for you, um, but uh, I, I right now I have I did uh, I did the math version after De Bruyne got injured based on remaining schedule and 
their win percentage uh, while he was injured or while he before he had signed, and came up with Man City winning the league on 80 points, which is crazy low, by the way, lowest since mm. 2010. Arsenal on 79, Leicester and Tottenham both on 73, which would go to Tottenham on uh, the tiebreak of goal difference. Exactly. And since we're ahead of City, Spurs literally have a free point on every club in the Premier League, which is really staggering, to be honest. Um, United on 71, Liverpool on 67, and West Ham on 62. With the transfers that happened, I think that Stoke jump West Ham. And I think, potentially, they could jump one of United or Liverpool, depending on who decides to be the less impressive. They, they won the, the transfer window. Yeah, that's exactly so, what, they that's exactly what I was going to say. They did the most out of the teams in the mid-table to like mm. force themselves up into the European conversation. Um, although not very good at Porto, but was very good in France, so I think great, we're just going to give him... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, my top four, I, I think I'm going to go with that. I think City and Arsenal, I think, are the two best teams. I think Tottenham are... mm, Everything's going too well at the moment. That isn't just a, I'm a Tottenham fan. I'm saying just from an analysis perspective, everything is going right. We're creating the most shots on target. We're converting the most amount of those shots on target in the league. We're facing the most shots on target, but we still have the best defense in the league. At some point, you'd think some of that regresses. Not to be out of the top four by any stretch. I think we're easily top four. I think we're, like I've said before, I think we're exactly the fourth best team right now. Um, it's hard to argue with Leicester. You have to think they fall off. With Leicester, I said this on allinsportstalk.com um, as well, <laughs> but uh, the, the three matches that they had coming up, this was Tuesday morning, was Liverpool City Arsenal. And I said if they came away with four points from those, they could be confident. Yeah. They already picked up three of them. So a draw against City or Arsenal, both away matches, by the way, which is not... Great, but it would be very telling if they got points there. And then their last three are United, Everton, Chelsea. So their their season, you know, a lot of teams, if you beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and lose to the ones that you aren't supposed to beat, you're still going to be in and around top four. Hmm. I think that that is the opposite for Leicester. I think if they win the big matches, they'll be okay. But, you know, they can drop points to anyone. They just haven't. Uh, and again, regressing to the mean could happen. What were you going to say, Dave? I was just going to say, um, like... I totally agree. Like, if you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, you you will get there. Um, they do like they do have a tough run. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, they are set up really well to play away from home. Mm-hmm. They defend as a unit. They've got a really aggressive, hyper, um, you know, defensive midfielder who just tackles everything. <laughs> um, brilliant story about him recently, where Casper Schmeichel said that when he was signed. Schmeichel said to him, "Look, if you need a car, a friend of mine has a has a you know a car dealership. He he lease you a car." And Kante replied, oh, "Why would I need a car? I can just run everywhere." Um, <laughs> mental, like absolutely mental. Um, but like with Vardy's pace and Mares's pace and trickery, they're, they're set up to it's play away from for home. Counter. Yeah, you know, so it'd be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I I, <laughs> I I do disagree. I think I think Spurs are a better team than Arsenal. Mm. But I we think we lack Ars- the star power. Arsenal had the better individuals yeah, in terms of exactly. Sanchez and Ozil. Yeah. The, the thing um, about Arsenal is they can't go... like They're the one team in the top four that I could see if everything yeah. clicked. They're going on a massive winning run. Yeah. I don't see that with City or Spurs. Like, True. Also, you, you were mentioning about how Tottenham need to figure out Eriksen, Lamela, and, and everyone else. Arsenal have a similar problem. They can... If you Venn diagrammed it, and you have Giroud, Ozil, and Sanchez, 
you can get two of them to play well any week. Yeah. But they just cannot get all three going, which is, is a very uh, they bad problem to have. They need either Walcott or, Walcott or Oxley Chamber. Walcott plays so form. much better with Sanchez than Giroud yeah. does. So much better. Um, so. But yeah, and, and I agree on uh, all of your Leicester points. In fact, when Tottenham played Leicester three times in two weeks, a lot of Spurs fans came away and they're like, oh, I actually hated playing Leicester. All they do is defend and then break its speed. I was like, what have you been watching all season? And then I realized, kind of like the Benteke thing, they've been watching Match of the Day. Match of the Day. Yeah. yeah. So you see all the counterattacks. You're like, wow, how did they catch that other team so off guard? Because they were setting up to defend. Everybody thinks they're playing this brilliant football for 90 minutes. They're playing that brilliant football for 30 minutes. Max. Yeah. 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 And, and they're not like this idea that they're this free-flowing team. They play a lot of long balls. Yeah. A lot of long Like Both that Vardy goal that everybody think is better than the Ali goal, which it's not, um, was Mares just lumping it forward yeah. and then Var- <laughs> Vardy lumping it into goal. And the second the second goal was a big thump down the field as well. Lovren was out of position and Sacco got caught between where he should be and where Lovren should be and the ball landed in the one spot he couldn't get to. So you had all these idiots saying, oh, well, Sacco let the ball bounce. Unless he had eleven foot long legs, there was no possible way for him to make up that ground. Like, yeah. All um, right, uh, Dave. You and I have our relegation candidates to go. I'll let you go first. Um, well, I think I think we'll all agree that Villa are gone. Absolutely, um, because they're a shocking mess. This has been coming for years. Um, the owners, I think, want them to go down so that they can, you know, sell the club on and just be mm-hmm. be done with it. Um, I would say Sunderland are probably going down no I don't you'd never rule Sunderland down <laughs> See, I'm big, big, big Sam <laughs> Big Sam is the one thing that kind of gives me pause but I look through their squad and Barryan and Villa that is garbage mm. like uh, Defoe is still a decent goal scorer but that's all but that is one hell of a collection mm. of expensively assembled garbage that they have mm. going on there well they've only recently realised that they should play Jeremy Lenz who actually offers pace yeah, uh, Kazri well. was Kazri a good signing. Yeah. It was, yeah. But um, the defense is the problem. The defense is, is a shambles, an absolute shambles. Um, that's what happens when you have John O'Shea and Wes Brown as your central defenders. Yeah. Although Kabul and Cortez, and then they did bring in uh, Lamina Kone? One of the Kones. Yeah, Kone. Yeah. But, like, Kabul is at Sunderland because he's terrible. Yeah. Spurs didn't let him go because he was good. Like They paid us for him. Yeah, they paid Liverpool for Quetas. Liverpool yeah. didn't let him go because he was good. And now he's gone off to Sporting Lisbon. Um, and <laughs> brilliantly, in all the articles about him, the Portuguese press just seemed amazed by the fact that he's really, really tall. Every article <laughs> mentions that he's really, really tall. Um, I actually... Like, Newcastle are 18th at the moment, but there's a lot of quality in that Newcastle squad not not a whole lot at the back I do like Jan Matt and, and Bemba I think is going to be a good defender um, you know what I just realised that Newcastle and Leicester's narratives are very similar where we keep thinking Leicester can't keep doing it why I don't know because they're Leicester look at the team it's not yeah. and then Newcastle you look at the team the you're like they side, should be yeah. so much better like why aren't they better and the only reason we can come up with why they should be better is that the players seem like they should be good players I... The, thing, the problem with us is that um, we had, we had, we did have like two months of playing really, really well and not getting results. So for those yeah. two months, everyone's like, "Well, they're not as bad as they seem. Like they should be getting more points." But now and you we are. come out with performances <laughs> like Watford and Everton, and then you the see Arsenal match was so you were so hard done by in that match. Yeah, I know. It, but Ugh. I the problem I think that 
we're very the way we play we don't have the players to do it we're very one-sided down the right hand side with Yama and Sissoko and on the left Dubbett can't attack so it leaves us very open on that side mm. and it's it's like if we would brought in a left back and a striker that's all we needed in the uh, window to stay up a left back an attacking fullback to give us a bit of balance uh, with Yama and uh, um, the left back and then, like you do, um, not having wingers would be as much of a problem because they could cut in more if you've got two attacking fullbacks, and then a striker to put put the ball in the back of the net, which Dubia may do. Like mm. he has a very good record of doing so, and the I, fact I, that he is older, like I think, as you were talking about Premier League experience, I think experience is more important. And I think because he's older, he's played a lot of matches. You know, mm. he will score goals if you get put him in the areas to do so. Yeah. So I think. If I was him and Wijnaldum should mess people up defensively. Yeah. If if someone with a brain takes over, they immediately stick Vernon and Eat at left back. Yeah, yeah, yep. Because that that solves a number of problems. He's he's good defensively in that role, and he'll get forward. He's good on the ball. He's quick. It takes Dumbut out of the team because he is how. Him and Billy Jones are my biggest question marks for how they get paid. Williamson, Mike Williamson was another one. Newcastle played him for years. He clearly wasn't a Premier League player, and now they're doing the same thing with this chap and like. Just know, like it's, Liverpool fans are the same with, with Flanagan. Oh, Flanagan's back! It's great. He's not a Premier League player; he's a Championship player. Yeah, shouldn't be at the, shouldn't be at the club. If you look at our back five for the weekend, because Mbemba got injured, then Lascelles came on, did really well, and then got sent off. Red card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I but saw people the, that were like, I can't believe you got a second yellow. Nope, the second one was a straight red. Yeah, our yeah. our back five against West Brom is going to be Rob Elliott in goal, who's been really good recently. But you know, it's Rob Elliott. You've got Yama on the right, and then we're going to have Steven Taylor and Fabrizio Colaccini, and then it's Paul Dubber. Look at that. It's we are going to lose that game. It's... But, like, how have you not been playing Jan Madden, Bamba, Lachelles, and Vernon Nita all season long? Because like, Lascelles wasn't really playing well. The biggest but, mistake but he McLaren wasn't playing made. well because he wasn't getting a run of games. Yeah, that's true. The, the biggest mistake McLaren made, everybody said at the time, was keeping Colacini as captain. Yeah. You yeah. T- t- keep him in the squad, but take the armband, man. One of the things you have a problem with is that you have a team that are, have a number of cowards who disappear when the going gets tough. Sissoko being case in point. Yes. And you have, I would say, a couple of cancerous personalities. I think Colacini's one. I think, yeah, I think Teote. Teote is massively one. Mitrovic um, could be really good Mitrovic if there was a Sterner locker looks like room. he has all the potential to be an absolute like chemistry destroyer I think um, he I think he's been very good in the squad from what I've read but you know the, 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 you have to keep him happy though if he if he yeah. if, if he changes that's it that's over like now I still think he's got huge potential as a player so hopefully hopefully they play a two play two up front play three up front play him um Perez and Perez and and Dumbia or have Dumbia come off the bench I don't know why Perez and Mitrovic haven't been playing as a two all season because they just mesh really well, um, mm. but I, I think I think Toon will stay up. I'm going to say Norwich to go down. Yep. And those are my three. And then very quickly, uh, are you going to win this weekend, Jake? Uh, well, yeah, our back five is a bit of a problem, but West Brom at home. You have to say this is the most important game of Steve McLaren's reign. If we draw or lose, I think he has to go because our upcoming fixtures after that are just not pleasant. Mm-hmm. So I think. So I think. I think, and we, we're a lot better at home. Um, Wijnaldum, or as you know, he hates playing away from home. He apparently, really he hasn't scored a goal away from home all season. Doesn't play well away from home, so he's going to play well, you know. And I think West Brom will come and defend, which will give us a bit of license to go forward, which is 
where we excel. So I'll say we'll win, but... You're not suggesting oh. that Tony Pulis might sit up to play negatively, are you? Oh, I don't know, but I can see Berahino scoring. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It would, I can see it so much. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to go for a, like a... No, I'll go for a win. Why not? I'll say it would be like a, like the West Ham game. We sco- go up two up and then concede and then become really nervy. So, yeah, 2-1. All right, uh, Dave, good news for you this week. Liverpool versus Sunderland. Yeah, we better win. Yep. You can't you can't be losing to Sunderland. You nope. Can't. And it's not even Sunderland. You just can't lose to Sam Allardyce because I just can't stand him. Him and Pulis are everything that's wrong with English football. <laughs> so yeah, but I they're think proven we'll Premier League oh, managers. This is it, exactly <laughs> proper British managers. They don't have time for tactics. Good football men. Oh, it's it's just it's amazing. Like Tim Sherwood is like the apprentice Pulis slash Allardyce. No <laughs> tactics, just a good football man. Just yeah. madness, like. He's going to get a job um, in the championship. On the topic sure. of the tune manager job, Moyes is the ideal pick now to save you, keep you up. Rogers is the better fit long term because you want to play attacking football, mm. and because you know he's just made with his fluff and bluster for a club like Tune. Um, but yeah, we'll win this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tottenham versus Watford. Uh, six months ago, I would have said this would be a draw, but hard to you know go against our form. How how much of a unit we're, we're really playing as uh, you, you got to go win we're, we're finally at home after having had a few away i'm, I'm gonna go win uh man agalo tore us up last time though i'm gonna go 2-1 tottenham i think it's i think this one could be close do you know what happened the last time you played watford at white hart lane in the premier league hmm i was i was writing the preview for this earlier so it was uh when paul robinson scored yeah it went in it from his own goal you know that amazing goal oh <laughs> That was, that was oh. ridiculous. So Lovely. yeah, I, I, that's an interesting little stat. Hey, thanks, Jake. Love it. We, you know, we we all had stats. I had my eighteen eighty six stat. Dave busting out the plus thirty goal difference. You with that? Mm. Mine's less of a stat. It's more of just a just like, hey, memory. that was a thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it though. I love it. Uh, we are hilariously out of time. But tell the folks where they can find you. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, you can read my stuff on EPL Index or on Total Dutch Football, where I've just done, finally, uh, someone's just gone up about why Manchester United should have got Wijnaldum instead of Depay and how he fits Van Gaal's Gaal's, um, strategy a lot better. So, yeah, read that. And if you have any criticism, don't just go, they play different positions because, you know, if you actually read it, you'd see it was a lot more than that. But anyway, yeah, check Mm. that out. And you get um, me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. I know I said we were out of time, but super quick question. Holler or Millick? Uh, I think Milik. Mm. Good man. <laughs> Dave? Um, yeah, you can find me on allinsportstalk.com, at allinsportstalk on Twitter. Uh, we release podcasts most days. Um, Thursdays is our big weekly show. Um, the Anfield Index, obviously, is kind of where I came from. Um, I have a new show on that called Another Podcast. Uh, I've had two shows so far, Manuel Veth and Alexei Yaroshevsky. Great feedback on those. Check those out. Check out the app. The Anfield Index app, it's one of a kind. It's unbelievable. You'll find this podcast on that app. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Twitter at DaveHendrick underscore AI. Yeah, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, at Kevroff on Twitter. I did show up on All in Sports Talk. I'm not sure if I've mentioned that. Uh, you can check that out on Tuesdays. Fantasy Show goes up Thursdays. This podcast, EPL Roundtable, goes up Fridays and Mondays. You can find my weekly article uh, on fantasy picks to, to put into your side on Friday mornings over at the Eagles Beak, and then throughout the week, player updates over at blog.playtalga.com uh, on Tottenham. 
So I don't do nearly enough stuff, I just realized. But um, thanks so much for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure as always. And we hope you keep listening. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.